0: Hi, this is Brendan davis from bedrock games and the bedrock blog and i'm here with dion for another episode of wuxia weekend and tonight we're talking about the film the duel this is a 2000 movie that is uh directed by andrew lao and stars andy lao and is um based on a, on a lu zhao feng story uh, it's it's a movie that neither of us have really seen I, i've been meaning to see it because uh my my co writer for uh, the Ruthless Blood game that I was working on has mentioned it a number of times, and it, and so I've been intending to watch it, and we so this is my first time watching it, and this was Dion's first time watching it, and I think we both had I would say strong reactions to the movie. I uh, I, I think Dion, your reaction was a little bit more negative. It's 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 a it's basically kind of a murder mystery type film centered around an impending duel between two swordsmen one of them and again this was dubbed and i noticed that the dubs and the subs were not lining up a hundred percent in terms of the names but it sounded like the 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 swordsman who issued the challenge to the duel his name was yip Kul Sun, something like that mm-hmm. and the other one is um uh, a character from from the the Lu Zhao Feng books, uh, and I'm gonna mispronounce his name horribly, but it's it's something along the lines of Ji Men Chu and I I know I just horribly butchered it, but you could just call him Snowblower to simplify it, because that's sort of his... is it's I guess what his name basically kind of means, and, and so in it's, the
1: movie they called him Simone,
0: yeah, but yeah, so I but, but not everybody mean. did. Some of the people doing the dubs called him said the name differently and so that because because mm-hmm. i was gonna just c- c- call him i think i think at some points they were also calling him simon so mm-hmm. it got even more so it was like simon simon and Jimon. and it just got really confusing um but it's about an impending duel between these two characters against the backdrop of a murder mystery and the detective is the lu zhao Feng character who and this is called dragon nine um, and there's another character played by Zhao Wei called Princess Phoenix. And, uh, you know, and she's sort of a um, uh, becomes like a love interest for the uh, the the um, the Andy Lau character. And there's another female protagonist called. Uh, uh, what's her name? Chung? I can't remember what her name was, but she's she becomes the love interest for Snowblower. So there's like this parallel between the two characters as they're preparing for the duel. And at the very end, there's all this intrigue that sort of unfolds. So, and on top of all that, this is kind of done in the style of a comedy. There's serious moments, but there's a lot of comedic elements to it. So it really shapes the overall experience of the of the movie. And the wuxia stuff is all very... Effects driven. Would would you say so, Dion? That this is an effects driven wuxia film?
1: It's definitely effects driven. It's very sci-fi and unrealistic and interesting.
0: So, so before we start getting into a broader discussion, what was your overall reaction to the movie?
1: Well, my overall reaction to the movie, as you said, was very strong. And very negative I think we were maybe 15 or 20 minutes into the movie and I texted you what little weird movie are we watching (laughs) because I was like so like I don't even want to say disgusted but I was like where is this thing going I was kind of sort of lost and I don't know if it was my mood or if it was the comedic elements weren't hitting me the right way. Okay. It started out serious. It went comedic. It was all over the place just in that first 15 to 20 minutes. And I wanted to, wanted the movie to make up its mind kind of thing. So, yeah, my first initial reaction was, yeah, I'm – I don't know if I can finish watching this movie. And you even asked me if I wanted to finish it or not. And I was like, no, I'm going to just plow through it because I want to see what your reaction is to see if it was the same as mine. And I figured you would like it more than me because our tastes are somewhat different. Mm -hmm. But as I was watching it, I don't know at what point that I got really interested in the movie. So the end part, um, was really, really good, and I had a really strong reaction to the end, which you'll okay. be surprised at. Um, that I actually shed a tear or two.
0: I did too, actually. I end. can admit I did too at the end. So, so
1: I went from a really negative reaction in the beginning to a real, a more positive reaction.
0: What's, what's interesting to me, it's interesting when that happens. So, later in the episode, I want to discuss that because. When I, this happens a lot when I do farscape reviews with Adam there'll be episodes that I start out really not liking for the first ten minutes and then I like them by the end and that's always like a fascinating transition for me, so it makes me just think a lot more about the episode regardless mm-hmm. of what I give it for a final rating so i have I have some you know I'm curious like you know how you know about that and we'll talk about it in a little bit uh, my my reaction to the film is. I well number one you you had sent me a message about the dubs so I was really focused on the sound and I did notice a few things. Number one uh in the at least in the first scene and I don't know if this was because I just got used to it and I wasn't noticing it anymore but it seemed like when they dubbed it and I don't I haven't seen it with the subtitles so I don't know but it but it seemed like they got rid of a lot of the other sound effects and all you heard were the actors' voices and occasional important sound effects. Do you know what I mean? But the atmospheric sound effects kind of seemed to be missing a little bit. And so, oh, were you gonna say something?
1: Yeah, I was gonna say that kind of probably might've been my issue too, along with the fact that the voices were irritating. Um, Especially the female voices were more irritating to me. But yeah, the first scene I liked because it was serious, Mm -hmm. but like you said, all you heard was voices. You didn't hear anything else that probably you should have heard going on in that scene. You know, it didn't, some of the scenes did feel that way. Like they were in a vacuum and it was just voices. Like there was nothing else going on when, you know, clearly there are other things going on that you probably should have heard.
0: Well, and and also, on top of that, it was um, there was a weird it wasn't present through the whole soundtrack, but there was like a a white noise sound that, that was sort of just kind of in the background a little bit and and that was affecting how I enjoyed the program so so I do think that there was something going on with the sound that we probably can't pin on the movie itself, do you know what I mean it's just sort of a product mm-hmm. of the transfer and all that. Uh, but I will say, this was made in 2000, and a lot of the TV shows, like a lot of the Woosha series that I've seen from 2000 and from around that period, before, say before 2002, there seems to be a weird way that the sound was done that affects my enjoyment of the of the television show. And I don't notice it on, movie, on shows that were made in like the early 80s, say. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know mm-hmm. if there was a specific thing that was going on that people were doing sound-wise that that impacted this. But, um, but, 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 but I have to say, once I got past that, I really liked the movie. I was, um, it's definitely got huge comedic elements and that, that is not going to land well with a lot of people. I watch a lot of nineties wuxia and a lot of that has comedy in it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm fine with it. If it's done well, I found that the comedy worked for me. I do think that um, some of the way that the dubs were done it almost had an anime effect the way that the the dubbing was done but but because it was uh, because it was funny it sort of worked do you know what I mean so there was the scene when he's in the he's in the brothel with the prostitute in the hot tub and there's uh-huh. this extended joke about 8s and 9s and I thought yeah. that was very funny and normally a joke like that doesn't always translate well but for me it translated well in that moment and most of the humor like that kinda kinda worked. Um and I feel like it kind of because it was humorous like this, it enhanced a lot of the emotional stuff that came later. So so all that stuff worked for me. I liked I liked the um I liked the story and I liked most of the fight sequences and and I really enjoyed like the relationships between the fighters and the women that they were interested in. Do you know what I mean? Cause every that single, was, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: That was, that was the best part for me was the establishment and the changing of the relationships of how they developed.
0: And so and I'm
1: all about the relationships in a movie.
0: And also, I mean, it had Vicky Zhao in it and I thought she was a yeah. very good choice for that yeah. character that she played. Cause yeah. I mean, in later movies you see her playing more serious roles, but like, if you saw her in things like treasure ventures and stuff like that, she was kind of playing more cutesy roles like this one. And so it was nice to see her in that type of role. And, uh, I don't know. I, I, I also, Lu Xiao Feng's an unusual wuxia character. He's not like, he's not like the, the other guy that's in the duel. Um, what's his name? The, the snowblower character. He, he's almost your more typical gulong protagonist in a wuxia story do you know what i mean but Mm -hmm. lu zhao fung is a sort of eccentric womanizer who is really intelligent and his big thing is he's good at lightness kung fu so he's good at like avoiding attacks do you know what i mean so he's Mm -hmm. not he's not necessarily the lethal guy that snowblower is and and i like having him as the the main character but i also like the fact that there's other characters around him so it's not one of these wuxia movies where it's like a lone guy who's just on his own and sort of like a you know like a lone gun in a wild west movie do you know what i mean you get mm-hmm. to see the characters play off of each other and that i think that makes the story more interesting so um so yeah so i i i i i definitely had a had an a, a lot of fun watching it again I, I just watched it for the first time like literally you know 30 minutes ago so it's still kind of all sinking in um what what for you you said that you you, you started out really not liking it and then it kind of you started to enjoy it more as you went along um do you think do you think that if you went back and rewatched it you'd have a different view of it or do you think that it's just that at a certain point the movie gets good and and so
1: Well, I started before the podcast began, I started watching the first 30 minutes again because that's the part that I really had trouble paying attention Mm -hmm. to, Um, and I found that on the second viewing, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was the first time, Okay, so... um, but I do think the movie does get better as the relationships are, for me anyway, the relationships are established between the male characters and the female characters. Um, once you can see their each relationship connection made, for me it got better than the first time. Um, I'm watching it now with the sound off. Mm-hmm. And it looks like a more interesting movie okay. <laughs> without the voices.
0: Yeah, the it's voices are terrible. really kind of all exaggerated, I would say. Yes. And, they, and they really vary. Like some of them, it sounds like, oh, that's probably the actress doing it or somebody who sounds like the actress doing it. And some of them sound like, you know, like Cheech Marin or something. Do you know what I mean? There's like a mm-hmm. – it, it just has a uh, – It doesn't sound like those old Shaw Brothers dubs that are really, really bad, where it sounds like you got a bunch of drunk guys in a room doing it. It sounds professional, but something does feel a little bit off about it, and I don't quite know what it is. Also, they they did use a lot of plain language in the description. There's a lot of vernacular, and maybe, I don't know if that was an issue for you.
1: There was some swearing, too, that I think that was not necessarily not appropriate but it just didn't need to be there. Okay. Um yeah, they did use There was one macular. scene where it was very
0: important though, when uh when he declares his love to the prostitute after she swears. Uh-huh. That was that's one scene where it seemed like it was,
1: it was appropriate, you know. but the there was the other there were some other scenes where like um Dragon Nine is is talking to um the other dragons and princess Phoenix comes in and I mean, he could have just, he called her spoiled brat and he could have kept calling her a brat, but then he used bitch. Mm -hmm. And it was just kind of like, that was completely unnecessary to me. And you know, there were some situations like that where it was completely unnecessary to use the foul language. It didn't add anything to the, the scene to me, it kind of took away from it.
0: And the thing about that is I don't know. I wish we had like Jeremy here or somebody who knew the original language. Cause I don't know how much of it was a reflection of what the actual, you know, original track was intended to be like, right. like in the, like I, I haven't read the book that this one's based on, but I've read other books in the series. And in the first book, they, I think, and again, this might be the translation I read. So I still don't really know. But they use the word asshole a lot in that mm-hmm. one. And again, it might have been another word in Chinese and the translator just chose asshole. I don't know. But they describe Lu Zhao Feng at one point as the most lovable asshole. And they and multiple characters invoke this word. And I don't think that I've seen words like that used as much in some of the other books by the same writer. So I feel like uh I don't know, maybe it's part of the the series, but I'm not sure. Maybe like the feel of the series is more course um cuz like his love interest in the book you know it's it, there, is, there is like that prostitute character in the you know what i mean so like mm-hmm. um so i don't know but i i think that uh um i in some ways i thought that, that stuff added to it in some ways i thought it maybe took away from it in this version um i i i kind of liked the lowbrow humor approach that was sprinkled throughout the movie i thought that was uh and there was like a lot of fun wordplay and just things like that. So that, that all, that all worked for me. Um,
1: see, I think that was kind of missed on me because I wasn't paying attention and I was so, I guess, irritated by the dubbing that, um, I, and that's one of the reasons why I didn't pay as close attention as I should have was because the dubbing for me was so bad. Um,
0: well, there's also other things too. There's weird anachronisms in it. And again, I think they could be explained in the context of the series. But right. like but like in the opening sequence, he's got what look like modern sunglasses on. And that's something that, oh, yeah. that you see that in, in wuxia shows sometimes. But it feels like it's kind of done for humor or whatever. And in this one, I was thinking, well, in the books, he does have a friend who's like a gadget maker. So maybe he just made him a pair of these like really nice because everybody else that has glasses on has like ancient looking glasses. Do you know what I mean? Um, but, but but
1: he dragon nine is the tester of all the other dragons who do the inventions. He, he wears all those things. So the sunglasses didn't seem out of place to me, but when they were talking about, um, the telescope,
0: Oh, that that Marco Marco Polo's telescope. And he
1: asked if there was a Zoom on it. I was like, (laughs) really? Okay, that word wouldn't have been around then. No,
0: there is that, that's that kind of fourth wall breaking humor. Right. I don't mind that, but like that definitely is not going to be everybody's cup of tea. And I think that that's like, you know, like I I could, I can easily see people checking out after things like that rise up in this movie. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, uh it, it, it's a certain kind of martial arts film and it's definitely not going to be everybody's cup of tea. I think that's definitely not. You know, I, I will say this though. If you give it a chance, you get to the stuff that we were talking about at the end. So right. it's kind of, it's one of these ones that I think, you know, if people initially have that reaction. They might benefit from just kind of marshalling on and seeing how they feel about it in the end.
1: Exactly.
0: Um, but, uh, But yeah, so in terms of the characters, who are your favorite characters in this one?
1: I can't say I didn't have a favorite character. I liked Dragon 9 because I kind of find him quirky and he is funny. Um, Like the one scene at the beginning when he goes to um, the little inn by the side of the road that's run by Norman Chu's character... Um, and he's commenting on, um, how good looking the girls are, you know, um, he wanted red wine that was as red as her face, um, which I thought was funny. Um, I think he was, he was kind of quirky. And when he was fighting with the women and he, you know, he taps one on the butt and says, nice ass. And, mm. you know, you could tell he's definitely a womanizer. Yeah. So when he has, a girlfriend, you know, you're kind of like, wait, how's this going to play out? But no, I like dragon nine. I liked princess Phoenix. She starts off as a brat, but she ends up being a more true, not traditional, but a more better liked character. I didn't really think of her too much of a, as a brat at the beginning. She's just a spoiled princess. Yeah. But I really liked her at the end, especially her, the last act that she does at the end really made me truly adore her. And then um, Andy Lau's character, this was a different take for me. I've never really seen Andy Lau in a villainous type role before. All the roles that I've seen have been really good guys
0: well what about um house of flying daggers
1: well yeah that was the only other one all the other roles have been
0: how how did you feel about him in this one did you did you think he made a good villain or were you wishing he would be the good guy
1: no he made a good villain and he got his just desserts at the end i guess you could say but um no i really i liked him in the role. Uh, he was really good, and he I wasn't.
0: Just... He wasn't a horrible villain, too. He was. No, he had like at the end, his ending was had... very. It wasn't what I was expecting after the reveal. Do you know what I mean? No, right. And so, I mean, and again, spoilers. We'll just say what happened. He basically is using the duel as a distraction. So, he, because he has royal blood, but he's a bastard, and he wants to take over the throne from the emperor. And you see very clearly that the current emperor in this movie is. Is is a really good one. He he he's, he has all of the virtues and you know nice characteristics that you would want an emperor to have. And so this guy decides to take over because number one he's got the got a bloodline, but number two he he is strong and he is more powerful. And so he feels he deserves it. And more.
1: he's obviously the oldest.
0: Yeah. And so and so at that moment you're like, oh, he's truly villainous, and you're led to believe he might have been stringing along the Princess Phoenix character trying to get her to love him so that he could you know basically use her to achieve this end but it turns out that no he had real feelings for her Mm -hmm. and so after the duel at you know he gets killed in the duel he gets stabbed by snowblower and he crawls to the throne and he actually ends up marrying uh the, the 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 princess phoenix character just before he dies um so you know it's a is a very interesting uh i don't know development what what did you think of that and and after you answer i'll give my favorite characters
1: i was touched by the whole scene and i actually cried not boohoo cried but i shed some tears um they definitely played that very well you never ever saw any of that coming I assumed the whole entire time because of every time she went to see him, he just had like this little hidden smirk Hmm. that told me that he was playing her the whole time and that he did not have true feelings. She was in deep over her head. And you can tell that from the first scene that they have together. And it just builds the whole movie and, his first line to her is you're still a little girl to me. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, he's not going to have any interest in her whatsoever. And then as developments unfold, to me it was a it's very clear that he's playing her. Okay. But then when they had that shift and she asked him, "Did you ever really love me or were you really just playing me?" and he said, "No, I did." honestly love you and you could tell that he was being honest and not playing a game there
0: yeah and uh yeah and i i got misty eyed too during that scene i have to admit it was it was well done it was the way it was done it was also knowing that like there's nothing for her on the other end of this do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. that like you know this is sort of like uh what was the barefooted kid was that the movie where Uh the woman had the it was sort of like almost like a ghost marriage type situation where you know, she's still, uh, you know, still married to this person, even though he's already, he's he's, he's no longer alive. And you, and you wonder, okay, is this, is her character going to be, you know, basically never have a relationship in her life because this is, you know, she marries this guy and he dies. Uh, so, you know, it was, it was moving for that reason. It was also moving because the transformation of her character over the course of this, do you know what I mean? Sort of the... Yes. Um, the way that his death shapes her character. Um, I thought, in terms of the characters that I liked in this, I, I, I really liked the Lu Zhao Fung character and the way that uh, Nick Chung portrayed him. I, 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 I loved the Princess Phoenix character. And, you know, a lot of that just had to do with, you know, Zhao Wei playing her. Uh-huh. Um, but I also really liked Gold Mustache, the... Um, the character played by Elvis Choi. The the one who was giving out the red uh the red envelopes with money during the New Year celebration. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I I love him in any movie, but I especially love when he's playing a slightly comedic type character like this. So either when he's playing a character like that or when he's playing a villain. Those are the real roles I enjoy him in. Um and I thought that, you know, like the Andy Lau character was fine, but he just wasn't, you know. He didn't really stand out to me the way that those characters did. And right. the the snowblower character I mean, he's kind of meant to be that way so it sort of works, but it's like you know he's he he's not as interesting as Lu Xiaofeng to me. So I uh, you know just gravitate more towards that character.
1: Well, he's um, not supposed to be.
0: He's He's like a ruthless swordsman. He's he's right. meant to be you know cold and Yeah. It, so it works. It's just that it's not he it doesn't pop out the way that a more eccentric character like Lu Xiao Fung would um what did you think of the of the fight choreography and the and the way that the fights were done with a lot of special effects and it was sort of more of that that real slightly over the top style of Usha
1: It works for the movie since this is a slightly over the top comedic movie um. The one thing I didn't like was Norman Chu turning into a big snowball at the beginning to fight. <laughs> um that annoyed me. I was like that was just stupid. <laughs> um oh and his character too being so um ruthless annoyed me because I liked Norman Chu as a, you know, uh, honorable stand-up swordsman. Not someone who hides behind women. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, just to, just to let people know, he was literally throwing these women in front, in of, front of him, and they were getting s- killed by by snowblower. And it, you know, it was, it was actually shocking the first the first time it happened. You were I was genuinely shocked by it. Um, so was I.
1: Yeah. And it, and that's part of the mystery is that. Um, Well, one of the sisters ends up... there. It's four sisters, and one of the sisters ends up surviving, and she thinks that um, Snow actually was the one who killed her sisters and her um, Sifu, which was Norman Chu. Um, So that has to get sorted out. But, uh, yeah, the choreography, it wasn't bad. Um, There was a lot of, I guess... Especially in the girls' fight scene, there was a lot of posturing with not a lot of, and a lot of sword swiping, but not a lot of hitting anything when the four girls fought with uh, Dragon Nine at the beginning. Um, That was the worst one, but I think the rest of them were pretty good.
0: Which was kind of a shame because that scene actually looked really good visually. Do you know what I mean? So it would have been awesome if there was more of that. This is the kind of movie where because it's effects driven, they can kind of get away with posturing. Like when a swordsman stands there and it's really intense, it almost doesn't matter if you don't see him do anything because it can it can work if it's done right. Do you know what I mean? Like like they could literally just cut to him standing behind the guy and there being like a clear sword stroke across them or something and it would work. But um, but I, I agree with you about that scene. I think in that scene, it kind of... It was it was it was obvious why they might have been doing that, and and in the, but but as the movie went on, I thought especially in the later scenes, I was noticing that the effects was ble- were blending with the visuals very well. It wasn't just random. Do you know what I mean? Like the way that the mm-hmm. sword looked, the way that it just kind of all cohered in a in an elegant way. So it still is you know again it's two thousand era CGI. So you're going to have 2000 era CGI stuff going on that might not hold up today the way that it would have looked back then. But just in terms of the way that it looked and felt, it kind of, it kind of had a nice visual appeal to it, uh, during those fight sequences, um, especially in the fights between Andy Lau and, um, and the snowblower character. I thought that those were, were, uh, uh, i don't know There's just something about the look of those two guys in this movie that really worked and you know and and uh, and the stuff with with um lu Xiaofeng was good too i thought the way that they handled lightness kung fu worked pretty well also um though i think there was one or two scenes where i definitely saw wires i don't know if you noticed that yeah i wasn't paying that close of attention I'm, to detail i'm pretty sure i saw wires in a couple of scenes um, and I don't mind seeing wires because it kind of lets me know hey they're actually on wires do you know what I mean but uh-huh. uh, but still like you know the, it, it, when they're too obvious it can be a little bit distracting um, so yeah so I, I don't know I, I, I thought it was it was fine uh, it, it it for the style of wuxia that they were going for I thought it worked do you know what I mean like they were they were doing stuff that required a little bit more I don't know what you would say sort of heightened reality to make it work. Do you know what yes. I mean? And so uh, the the way that they did it, you're not as invested as in like the physical performances as you are in the overall presentation and effect. And so, uh, you know, it sort of feels like the actors don't really have to do that much to make it work. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, not with what they're presenting
1: because it's, it's all about, to me, a lot of it was about inner strength
0: yeah. and
1: the speed of movement. And you're not going to get that much speed in movement just by physical performance. You do need that CGI to make the sword look like it's going yeah. like a mile, um, you know, a million miles a minute. So, yeah, you really didn't need the... Physical performers too.
0: It's like all they like it's the kind of movie where like they need to just hold the right pose while they're flying backwards. Do you know what I mean? It's that kind of Mm -hmm. movie. Which I like. I like that. I think that could work. And and again, acting can contribute to it. You can get that Bridget Lynn effect with just having the presence be what sells Uh it. Um so you know, that does matter. But it's not like you don't need like a Jackie Chan level of physical performance to pull it off. Um Hold on a
1: second. Before you go on, I've just now found the scene where I believe that uh, Andy Lau's character and Princess Phoenix, he really loved her. When When they're sitting on top of the building, the palace, and he's playing his little thing for her there's a look on his face that tells me that he's really falling for her so and i think that's where the movie kind of shifted for me was right here okay. from too much silliness to this is my kind of movie movie
0: okay okay that's i i yeah i i definitely think it's one of these movies that sort of eases you into a more serious plot you know yes. what I mean, and and I, I I agree. That's around the time I think that it happens. Other things that I liked about this movie too were just the, you get a lot of these Zhang Hu type locations. You get the brothel. You get all these these various like houses of entertainment and places that that are the backdrop for different events that happen in the movie. So I I'm trying to remember. I think there might have been like a gambling den in one place. And
1: yeah, yeah. there was a casino, and then. what I liked was they had the theater and usually you don't see a theater in these movies, but in this one they had a theater and there was a performance going on and um, Princess Phoenix was watching from the wings and uh, Andy Lau's character uh, faces some people and she's watching him fight and she's falling deeper in love. And you know, the, it pans outside, and then there's this big light show, which you, which means that Andy Lau has expended some serious power. And then when it cuts back into inside, the guy that he's fighting, that's all in black, has like light coming out of him. Yeah. Do you remember that scene? Yeah. I thought that was a really cool scene, but just you do, just you just don't get to see theater. And theater performances much in these movies, and I really appreciated that.
0: Yeah, no, it's nice. It's nice. I mean, we've we've done a few movies that do have that kind of theater in them, but like, uh, but they're not that. It's not as common to see, especially in like the historical ones. Yeah. Um, I I really like, too how you had all these different characters in the martial world coming back for grudges and settling scores and all. It just felt like a a thriving martial world to me. Do you know what I mean? It gave me a sense of place and, and I really enjoyed that. I like when, I like when they're able to achieve that in these kind of movies. And, and again, I, I, you know, I thought that the, you know, a lot, just a lot of the, you know, the, the Lu Zhao Feng character and just how he's, he's such a, I don't know, just a, the, the way that, that, uh, like, I don't know, like again, like the brothel scene where he's where he's he's hanging out at the brothel and he's in the hot tub with the lady. Those kind of moments just sort of it, it, it's just a d- different type of Wuxia character. So I really like the the level of eccentricity going on with the characters in the movie. Um, you know, I think I think if anything, the, the part that I I wasn't as keen on, but it, obviously it was essential for the plot but I wasn't as big on the palace stuff. Do you know what I mean? That's Mm. usually not as interesting to me. Um, But I don't see how you could possibly have this movie the way that it was done without the palace because it's such an important part of the plot. Yeah,
1: you needed the the palace. And I also like the way that um, Dragon 9 and Princess Phoenix's relationship changed from the beginning of the movie to the end where he... Basically was calling her a brat, but you know, as they have their little chats here and there, they're seeing each other kind of differently Yeah, as the movie goes on. And that also helped me like the movie more was they didn't stay in that hate relationship. They had a mutual respect for each other trying to figure out this mystery. Yeah,
0: And I mean, they were friend Like they, they clearly have like a, uh, it's a
1: friendly hate. Yeah, yeah, it's a frenemy yeah. kind of thing
0: um but yeah so so i don't know what what about i mean i guess we addressed the comedy but you know that obviously didn't land for you so what was you know what do you think it was because of the dubbing or do you think it was just it wasn't your style of comedy
1: i think it was partially dubbing and maybe it it just didn't land correctly the first time i do think that because I was, I thought the movie was kind of schizophrenic at the beginning mm. that had some kind of effect on me. Okay. Um, Cause there's, it's a comedic mystery, but there are some serious things to it, but it just, I don't know. It eventually picks one, one spot and stays there. So I don't know if the comedic parts. I don't know with me, this with the sound turned off now, they seem to be better, I, the dubbing might have been the
0: problem. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's it, again, it's one of these Hong Kong movies that kind of hits every tone over the movie. Do you know what I mean? It hits right. every note, and so you you get you laugh, you cry, you're on the edge of your seat. Ideally, that all works, but if it doesn't, you know, it's not going to work for you. So, uh, and 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 not everybody's into that rapidly shifting tonality in movies. You know what I mean? So no, that's, not
1: in the first thirty minutes.
0: Yeah. It, it it it's a um, I I I am comfortable with it, but that's because the movies that I first like really remember watching from genres like this were from the '90s on video. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like, I I you know I have really strong memories of those movies, and a lot of them were kind of all over the map. So you know, it's just something where it's like, okay, I I know I know what the deal is with these, uh, but but I know that that can be jarring. I I feel. I feel like the dubbing did hurt it, though. In this case, I feel like even if it—not necessarily the dubbing itself, but the stuff we were talking about with the 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 white noise sound in the background uh-huh. and and the way that you didn't quite hear all of the sound effects—it seemed like there was just something off about the sounds in the movie. Uh, also, I feel like this movie doesn't look like it's—I mean, it's not bad looking. But the transfer doesn't seem, it seems kind of muddy to me, doesn't it? I mean, again, maybe maybe that's always been a muddy film. But in that opening sequence, I felt like this looks like it's supposed to be a very beautiful scene. And I don't feel like I'm getting all the colors that were originally there. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I can, I can see that. I'm not all the scene, scenes transferred. Um, like you said, I mean, we don't know if it's the transfer, if it was the original movie, but it just—it seems like it should have been brighter.
0: Yeah, it's like I have a, um, I have a copy of House of Flying Daggers on, I think it's on Blu-ray or DVD. I can't remember, but one of my copies, it was—you know how like sometimes you go to Walmart and you get like a movie for six dollars, and then uh-huh. and then you go to watch it and you realize, oh, it's a six dollars because the transfer was horrible, and so this is a horrible transfer of House of Flying Daggers. And I remember watching it and I was like, I think it had been like five years since I had seen House of Flying Daggers. And I was like, I don't remember it being this muddy at all. I remember being a vibrant, beautiful movie. This can't possibly be what it looked like. But I wasn't sure until I went and got another copy of it. And I was like, yeah, I know this definitely was not this muddy. Um, so, you know, I had that feeling watching this, but I don't know if that's Grounded in anything because this is the first time I saw it. So, um, but I do wonder if that impacted the, you know, you know, just how how some of the comedy played, how some of the other tones played. Um, I definitely think the sound affected the humor um, because even even though I thought that the the voice acting was actually kind of fine, the the way it sounded didn't feel quite right. Do you know what I mean? So. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I got to say, like when, like, when they were doing like a lot of the humorous exchanges, I kind of liked that the voices were a little over the top. It kind of worked for me. Um, so, so let's see, we talked about that. Uh, you know, did, there, was there anything else about the movie that you, uh, that you wanted to mention before we get into review ratings and recommendations?
1: Well, we had talked about, before we started watching this movie, about the director, Andrew Lau,
0: Let me, uh... and uh uh-huh.
1: it turns out that he was in, remember the movie Future Cops that we watched?
0: Did we watch Future Cops?
1: I know we watched yeah, we watched Future Cops. I don't I don't
0: I, I don't remember, but I'm sure if you're saying we watched it, we watched it's it. It's a
1: nineteen ninety-three comedy. Okay. Um, and Andy Lau stars in it. Remember the cops come from the future.
0: And I they don't go remember back. this. I don't remember this. Are you sure we watched this?
1: I'm sure we watched it.
0: Okay. He's directed a lot of movies. I know that. He didn't uh.
1: direct that movie, I I don't think, but he was one of the characters in it. And so was the guy who played. Well, actually, Andy Lau was in it, and the guy who plays Snowblower was also in it. And I was. Well, the movies were are seven years apart, so it's in one's a '90s movie and one's a '2000s movie. Okay. But there, when I think of um, Hong Kong comedy, that's what I think of, and I thought I was going to like this one at first. Okay, but. Obviously, 2000s was a different era altogether. So, you know, I, well, after, I didn't find this all out until after I had watched this movie. And I, you know, I do my research about what people thought of it afterward.
0: Yeah, me too. Uh, me too. I don't
1: like to be jaded by what someone else has said. And so, but when I saw all those connections to one of my favorite, all-time favorite Hong Kong comedies it was just like man directing really has an effect on things time period that they're made really has an effect on things you know so it was just like it was it was just really weird i don't know I re- if we didn't watch future cops we have to watch future cops cuz i love that movie he,
0: he directed infernal affairs um which you know is very different in tone but that's very good and he directed uh, – I don't know if you – did you ever see the remake of The of the Flying Guillotines that came out in 2012?
1: No, I didn't see that. He did
0: that. I don't even remember how I felt about that, but I do remember that movie looking and feeling very different from this film. Um, that might be an interesting movie for us to do at one point, actually. Uh, the
1: Flying Guillotine?
0: It, it's just called The Guillotines, or The Guillotines, okay. however – I don't know how you pronounce it, but whichever way. Um, and and it's, it's an I What I recall was that it was kind of an interesting take on it. I remember there being a few scenes that may, had an impact on me, but I really can't remember, you know, if I thought it was a good or a bad movie, um, which isn't necessarily a reflection on the movie itself. I just watch a lot of movies like this, and I remember watching it when it came out, and then, mm-hmm. you know, I never watched it again. So, um but Which, again, doesn't necessarily mean it's a good or a bad movie. It just means, you know, I I didn't think to watch it again. But now I'm thinking maybe go back and watch this. Uh, so, um, so yeah, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I thought that it was actually, again, for the kind of movie it is, I, I liked the style, so I don't have any directorial complaints, really. Um, I think the only thing I would say is in some of the fight sequences where you and i had those criticisms you know it might have been better to to edit the fights differently or you know go a slightly different way but but overall i thought the all that stuff was fine um so yeah so i don't know what 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 do you uh, do you want me to go first or do you want to go first for the rating and recommendation
1: you can go first cuz i went first the last
0: time all right so so i would actually give this I would have to give it a four. And maybe it's because I haven't quite settled into what a three means yet because we're shifting to this one to five thing. And and three three feels so neutral that I'd have to have neutral feelings about the movie almost to give it a three. Do you know what I mean? Uh Um, So I would give it a four. Not an enthusiastic four, but a solid four. And, you know, I think it's a good evening of entertainment. It's a movie that I would like to see once or twice again because I... I I want to catch some of the other plot details that I might have missed. I want to I want to see if things land differently the second viewing. And and it and it caught my interest enough that it's just one of these movies where it's like, "I want to spend time with these characters again." So, so I think it deserves a 4 for me. Uh in terms of whether I'd recommend it to people, I would be cautious in who I recommend it to. Do you know what I mean? It's not it's not a movie across the it's not like the venom the five venoms where it's like oh yeah you, this is a movie i always recommend to people or the swordsman or you know any of these films where i feel like it's essential that you have to see it but i think for somebody who uh somebody who's already got an interest in in wuxia films and wants to see what's out there that isn't necessarily the typical fare i would recommend this movie too do you know what I mean? I would, I would say mm-hmm. it's a good example of some of the tropes that are in Wuxia that you might not see in like the mainstream Wuxia movies. Do you know what I mean? Like the, you know, you, the, there, there are types of characters and types of plot developments that are, you know, a little bit off the beaten path that I think would make this worth checking out. And also the tone shifts and all that stuff. Um, and and because it's got sort of the effects-driven style Wusha, it's something that I think, you know, Uh, people should see if they haven't seen it before. Um, But also I think thinking on it, I feel like the story is really well-structured and easy to follow. So Mm -hmm. there's also, you know, if you like good story with your fighting, I think this movie has it. Um, It's just a question of whether the comedy is going to land or not, and whether the shifts in tone will be difficult for the person to, to, to sort of stay focused on the plot. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know. What, what would you, what would you give for your, your rating and recommendation?
1: Well, for mine, I'm going to give it a solid three. It started out as a one. It cruised on to a two and it, I'm settling on three.
0: <laughs> that's, that's very good progress for a movie that started out as a one. I would say,
1: I'm... yeah, I really wanted to turn it off. Um,
0: yeah I could tell When you sent me your message Like sometimes Deanna will send me a message And I'll actually feel guilty that I made her watch a movie Do you know what I mean And this is one of those times where I was like "Oh, She does not sound like she's enjoying herself at all um, And so uh, I immediately offered To watch another movie if we wanted to But but she was good about it She's like no we're going to watch this movie And I want to see what you feel about it So I think it was good because we actually had like a Very different reactions to the movie but, yes. but yeah, so you definitely had a strong initial reaction, I thought.
1: Yes, I, I had a very strong initial reaction, and I'm surprised I'm giving it a three. But because of the relationships between the characters and the storyline was well-written, I lo- really enjoyed the story. Even though the comedy didn't land well with me, I still think it it's a good movie. It's, you know, it's in the middle. It's not something that you shouldn't see, but it's not something like you said, I would recommend to just about everybody, especially if they were just trying to get into the genre. I would wait a bit. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I really did, Um, and like I said, I did shed a tear, so I couldn't give it um, a one or a two when I had such a strong emotional reaction towards the end, but I knew I couldn't give it a four because it doesn't rank up with the other movies that I consider to be a four. So that's why I settled on a three. For all the reasons that you thought it was a four, I'm settling on it for a three. And plus the uh, dubbing, you keep saying that the um that the voices really they for you they didn't have an effect, but for me at the beginning, the voices really had an effect, especially yeah. the female voices. And I guess I eventually got used to it, but the they didn't sound as whiny yeah. as the movie went on. And I guess because it wasn't it was more serious as the movie went on, so there was really no need for whiny voices. But um, it, the voices <laughs> got better without all the whininess and the
0: high. I don't know;
1: it's not really high pitched, but I don't know.
0: It was anime movie and movies. style, and I should say it yeah. wasn't for me when I first started watching it. I was struck by it too. It's just that what happened was, I as I was watching it, I was like, well that kind of fits the tone for me. Do you know what I mean? It kind of mm-hmm. has like a, I don't know, it just, it, it, it's, and again, it would be interesting to watch this with the subtitles and like the Mandarin and the Cantonese track just to see how differently it lands. Yes. Um, be, You know, if they're like to see if they're going for the same effect that the dub was going for. Um, But the reason that I ended up being okay with it was just because in the comedic beats, I was noticing that I was laughing, and I felt like that the dubbing must be working for me in these moments. Um, but also, I'm generally like you. You, I think, whatever, whenever we have these conversations, usually most people, like usually you and Deathblade and most other people, usually prefer the subtitles, and yes. and I tend to prefer the dubs simply because I like to be able to watch the the, the visuals, and I find when I'm reading the subtitles. I get to, it's like, I can't pay attention to two things at the same time. It really, it's like a choice. It's like a horrible choice between, do I want to read that line or do I want to see how he's moving the sword? Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, so I'm pretty forgiving of dubs too. So, so there is, you know, like I I think that most people are going to be more likely to have your reaction than mine to the dubs. Um,
1: I don't know. I tend to know more people that like dubs.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Um and they think that the weirder the dub the better. Okay. I don't know why. But in the groups that I'm in on Facebook that seems to be whenever we have that dubbed versus sub which okay. always comes up once a week it well, seems
0: that you know what that we should do a dub versus sub conversation because that is a whole like and I don't want to go on a tangent at the end here but like that is a whole thing unto itself and I think what you're getting at is how when something's dubbed in that way it all, at a certain point it almost becomes something new that's its own thing do you know what i mean mm-hmm. and and if you like that thing then that can sort of become a source of of conflict when people are talking about whether a movie is good or bad or whether the dub version is better than the sub version do you know what i mean if if uh because they it's it it's it's like you're watching this th- whether it's subbed or dubbed, you're getting it through translation, but the right. dub can have a totally different effect on what that translation becomes. So, you know, you, you, I, 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 at some point we should do a whole episode on that with some, you know, points that you've seen raised in those conversations because I'd be very interested. Yes. Um. But yeah, and, and I'm not like a, I'm not like a pro-dub person. It's just that the the worse that my eyes get over time, the more dubs just work for me for not getting distracted from the action, but also not getting sleepy while I'm watching the movie. Do you know what I mean? Right. Getting the eye strain. Um, Cause usually what I do is I read during the day and then I watch movies to relax. And, and I started noticing a few years ago that I would, that I would consistently fall asleep halfway through Whatever martial arts movie I was trying to watch that was subtitled um, mm-hmm. at night, because I would start watching around 11 and then inevitably I would fall asleep midway through and have to finish the next day. So um, the dubs kind of stave that effect off for me. Uh, but yes, yeah, so that's all besides the point. Uh, I think the bottom line is I gave it a four, you gave it a three. Um, you know, it's, it's not going to be a movie for everybody and it has. It has things that will irk some people. Do you know what I mean? It's not—it's yeah. not—it's not, it's not a perfect movie, or at least this version of it that we saw is not perfect. Maybe the subtitled version is impeccable, and we don't know. Um, which is always the—I gotta say—I really wish Amazon would allow us to switch on to subtitles if we wanted to. I know that there's probably mm-hmm. a reason that they can't do that, but it's a little bit annoying that. When you watch it on Amazon Prime, you don't have that option. But if you have the DVD, that you would have that option. Um, well,
1: not all DVDs. I've, I have some DVDs that are dubbed only and you can't true. switch the track. That's, so it's but, probably whatever DVD that they put on their streaming service is why the, we can't switch. No, it's not.
0: I've, it's not because I have a lot of the movies on DVD. And a lot of them you can... You can on the DVD version, you can switch, but on the one that's on Prime, they don't give you that option. Um,
1: uh, maybe it has something to do with rights and stuff. I don't I, know.
0: I was thinking that, or maybe just space. Maybe it's more space to have both soundtracks available. Um, that's true. You know. So, but but either way, it, it definitely could have had an effect here. Um, but I have a feeling that this looks like the kind of movie that was meant to kind of go into certain territory. So wow. I feel like even if it didn't have the dubs, you still might have had some of those reactions. Do you know what I mean? Like I feel like some of it might have still been I don't know, but I just have a suspicion that it's um it's a certain kind of movie, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um but uh because the way cuz even the actors the, their physical expressions were very over the top when they were doing certain things. Do you know what I mean? Well,
1: Dragon Nines especially.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Him, and I would also say uh, Phoenix Princess too, kind of had some of those moments.
1: At the beginning. At the beginning. But as her character became more in love and serious towards the end, her mannerisms became less dramatic and over the top, but more even keeled.
0: Which is a device that you often see, especially in the TV shows where like a character starts out really young and kind of idiotic and goofy. And then by the end of it, they're like these really serious sober. Yeah, which it works really well over the course of a 50 episode TV series here. It worked well, too, in her case. Yeah. but yeah, so again, the name of the movie is The Duel. It came out in two thousand. It is available on Amazon Prime, so people can go and check it out there for free if they have Amazon Prime. At least in the states, maybe not in the UK and and Canada and stuff. I don't know, but but you know you, you can check it out, and you know it, it, it's 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 definitely uh, an interesting one. And if you have any interest in Lu Xiao Feng, this would obviously be one to check out. Uh, so we'll be back on, uh, next week. And until then, we will talk to you later.